Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Big Biz Show. Featuring insight, analysis, and a lot of stuff that's none of your business. Uh, hold on. This is the Big Biz Show. I think it is their business. Making the markets work for you. Here's the man with the plan, Sully. And they're live from the Law 100 Studios in sunny San Diego, California. It's the Big Biz Show. Happy Valentine's Day. You know, St. Valentine's was dragged out of the city walls, stoned, whipped, killed, and his eyes gouged out. Hallmark doesn't tell you that. Happy Valentine's Day. I'm, right. I'm dressed for the day. What about you guys? Yeah, I got red. Yeah. There's your red, yeah. I'm wearing black. Go with it. Wow. Happy Valentine's Day to you guys. Is that, um, is that the uh, Osmonds or the Jackson 5? What's it called, the Jackson's? Don't you love that when you hear that? Hey, listen, Alex Monjean is the co-founder and CEO of a company called Vision Marine uh, Technologies. Carter Murray is chairman of Vision Marine Technologies. We, this, we, they came on the air this a couple years ago. I will tell you, of all the people that we interview, whether it's a celebrity or an author, or a company, this is literally top one company I love to look at because yeah, it's so cool, number one. Um, number two, they are changing the face of, uh, of, should I say boating, yachting, whatever, just like Tesla did, yeah. okay? The difference is um, these guys are using a, a Dolby model whereby they are licensing the technology and they're not creating boats themselves. I give you yep. our two friends. Alexander, Alexander Monjean and Carter. Hey guys, thanks for sitting through that Super Bowl stuff. We had to get through it, but welcome to the program. How are you? Great to be here. Hey, I have to ask you, Alex. It looks like you're at the uh, look at the Newport Boat Show. Where are you? Where are you exactly right now? I'm actually live in uh, the Miami Boat Show in Florida. Nice. Are you guys? Are you guys presenting there? Are you guys? Are you guys trying to get relationships there? Are you guys? You guys show your your wares there? I am actually in the uh, Four Winds Benito booth, and uh, we just won. Uh, the runabout boat of the year with uh, four winds and Benito with our outboards. So now we are supporting those customers of ours and uh, things are going very well. And, and we're delivering outboards to those guys as well. So now things are changing. So we are swapping from, we're swifting, shifting from um, developments to production and delivery. So that's what we do now. And we are supporting uh, our customers in different boat shows. So we don't really expose our product ourselves, but we're supporting them with ourselves. So we have, a, I'm sitting in a boat now with our outboard in the back of it, and Benito's taking order at the boat show now. Hey, Carter, how are you feeling these days, pal? Everything you've told us was going to happen has happened. You must be feeling pretty good these days. Yeah, well, Alex does all the hard work, so it's quite fun for me to come and talk about it. But yeah, I think the, you know, we've moved from last time we were on to talking about selling to actually now getting the orders in and delivering them, which is very exciting for the business and for the company. 
Um, and, you know, Alex keeps getting these runs on the board, whether it's, you know, breaking the electric speed record, you know, getting this award now in the boat show in Miami. So look, I mean, I think in the space, what people want is, is they want a real product that works and that over delivers. And, you know, this is something that Alex has been working on for years. And I'm just proud that, you know, that vision he had a long time ago is now starting to see a, a reality out there, which is very exciting for everyone. My brother-in-law and my sister, that's my experience with boating and yachting is they have been in boating and yachting for years. We've, I've gone to Catalina with them, San Diego Yacht Club. And I'm curious, because he did buy a Tesla recently, and I'm thinking, you know, what is the transition? Where did, Where's the appetite for this? And is that the, the customers you're going for? And then how do they transition into one of these electric boats? It's a great question. You know, like, like in all industries, um, when you have some such innovation and new products, you have a whole group of people you call early innovators who buy in early ahead of the curve, like those early Tesla buyers. And I think there are definitely those boaters who want to be the ones to say they had the first one, you know, or one of the first ones on the lake, on the river, on the water. Um, and so I think that's where we're going to see and we're seeing some early demand. Um, and then, of course, what's great is thanks to Tesla and thanks to your uh, friend and family member who owns Teslas, people have already been trained that electric actually can be a better experience. You know, mm -hmm. it's got better torque, it's silent, it's clean. So um, I, I think we have two audiences that our boat manufacturing partners are excited about. One is the boaters that want to be the first, you know, the first of, to be the ones, you know, with a badge value of saying we got there first. But also there's bringing new people into boating and that's incredibly exciting when you think about bringing people that have Carter, all electric that, coming into boating. That is it, think about that. You've got a population of people that are already enthusiasts. You got the early adopters, as you said. But here's here's me thinking. Okay, that is a cool tool. <laughs> now I bet. Listen, I've sailed Transpac twice. I've, I've I've won yachting cup in San Diego. I've been an avid racing sailor my entire life, which is basically um, a, a fiberglass shell, no cup holders, no couches. It's and I always say I could scare you more in a sailboat than you could scare me on a powerboat. And I would ne and we used to call these guys fish killers. You want a fish killer? I got a sailboat. For me to shift over and say. Okay, I'm not going to do a far 40 campaign now. I want one of these instead. It's that new audience, Carter, that, that we've never talked about. That's pretty significant because changing the perception from the guy that's going to the Salton Sea and fishing out of his whaler, okay, or the guy that's going, going uh, uh, big game fishing out of San Diego or out of Miami is one thing. But what, of all, what about all, like Mark and Brian Simo who ran No Fear. Remember No Fear, mm -hmm. the, the brand? Oh, yeah. sure. Remember the bad boy club, yep. right? Mark and Brian Simo had this philosophy, because I interviewed him a long time ago, and they said, there's this psychic factor. And that's when you walk out of your garage and you have that Harley that you haven't ridden ever, yeah. but you just go look at it because it's cool to have. Yep. There is that, that, that perception, Carter, that this is such a cool tool that you're gonna attract an entire audience. Hey, can you guys even quantify that in a pro forma? I mean, can you even project out what that means? Yeah, well, well Alex, why don't you go? Yes, we can, but this, the pace is changing rapidly. Uh, I don't know if you guys are aware that Yamaha now is going electric with their outboards, Mercury as well, and Tohatsu. So those announcements were made in the past uh, 30 to 45 days. So we have the early adapters, but now the industry is changing. I'm at the show now, and I could see more people in our booth with Benito than we have in other booths only selling uh, uh, gas outboards. So the... Um, the wow effect and the people interest is catching up and tank for Mercury, Yamaha, and Tohatsu to move into that uh, pace uh, into the electric boating industry. But the only problem is they don't have the power that we have now. 
So it's not a problem. It's a challenge for them. Uh, and it's good for us. That's that's a very good sign for us. But I think uh, you know, we're what going you just, in the right direction. What you just mentioned, though, is like, he said, Yamaha's going into it. I forget what it is. It's like saying, well, Tesla was there, but now they got a Chevy Volt. You guys are in a different class than Yamaha yeah. and those others. So my question is, um, being first to market, first to win, does that apply to you guys, Alex? Do you think because you're one of the first guys out there that actually had something that, that made it, do you think that makes a lot of sense, that, that you guys are going to have an advantage over everybody else? That's what makes me wake up every morning, So, uh, and I won't stop. And that's the logo that we have, can't stop, won't stop. And we know now that we're not crazy. If Mercury is following us and all the other guys are following us, so we just need to be patient. It's not a, uh, a race, it's a marathon. So uh, I'm focusing on that uh, every day, and I'm delivering and I'm supporting my customers, both manufacturers, pontoon manufacturers, and you'll see us more and more. So I had a question. I just saw, you know, earlier it was 108 was the top speed, and then I just saw on the screen it's 116. Or what is it now? Yeah, 122, is it? Go? <laughs> it's, it was 116, and it won't stop at 116, so we're working already. Uh, we're not working. We're playing at night with what's going to be the next uh, the, the next motor for the race boat this summer. Uh, but I'm more it, – it's easy, that part is easy for me, but the most important part of my job is – to make sure that I'm delivering my outboards for the next six, eight months. And I want to end up this year with at least 50 to 75 outboards in the back of boats in people's backyard in North America. So a bunch of boats are being built now in U.S. are being shipped in Europe. But I want to at least get some of those boats in the U.S. so we could get some uh, vision on it, visibility on it. Hey, Carter, as, the fact Carter, as Alex talks about being at the tip of the spear in terms of marketing and sales and getting the word out, uh, as you're steering the company uh, from the chairman's position, what's, your, what's the next six months look like for you? Well, I think Alex talks about it. I think in the market, the larger market, we're seeing, you know, EVs had a tough time. And only, you know, a little bit when the internet in the late 90s, I think you're going to have one or two winners that come out the other side. And I think, you know, the technology that Alex and the team have developed um, is there now, as you hear him talking, it's about delivering these engines. It's about getting the product out in the market, you know, getting those payments in actually for delivering those engines and getting new orders in, which is what Alex is from the boat show. So, it's an exciting time for the company, but one where we need to deliver, and that's key focus. We need you guys on every week. I swear, you guys, yeah. you guys need to come on every week. I swear. And I want to go on a ride. Of course, I do too. <laughs> it's the coolest company that we have. Yep. We've it's got so cures cool. for cancer. We've got oil and gas. We got booze companies. This is the coolest thing, there. guys. Thank you so much. Yep. Their names are Carter Murray, Alexander Monjon. Don't you want one? It just makes sense. I don't care about right? that. Right? This is cool. Oh, they're super cool. But they also make sense. And you can charge them. You, you can charge them with like you, a, a 110 uh, uh, extension cord. You can. What did you get sensible? Oh, <laughs> you know. I'll have you know. Yesterday. Uh oh. <laughs> hear about that? They come back. Big this So, where's Costa? Is he still hungover from Super Bowl? I yeah. think so. That's exactly where he is. <laughs> I brought that cook. Valentine's Day, as I said, 
They drug St. Valentine through the city walls, stoned him, put his eyes out, whipped him. Hallmark doesn't tell you that. Nope. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Guys, the uh, Emmy Award winning, Daniel winning uh, Sully Band. Can we just talk about that song for a second before we get to Dr. Jonathan Javit? The name of the song is The Letter. Okay. Right? Uh, I'm sorry, Vehicle. I was going to say, wait, it's that's vehicle. vehicle, yeah. So let's talk about this because um, I remember playing in front of 5,000 people with this band and it was a family friendly audience. And you guys start playing this, right? And I start thinking, I look down the side of this teleprompter, it looks like a moderate, it's the lyrics, right? Because yeah. can't be expected to sure. remember everything when I'm drunk up there on stage. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about, let's just, re, let's just recite. I'm a friendly stranger in a black sedan. Won't you get inside my car? <laughs> I've got picture, I've got candies, I'm a lovable man. Let me take you to the nearest bar. Is it just me? <laughs> Or is that the creepiest song you've ever heard in your time? Wow. Pretty creepy. Yeah. So, but of course we continue playing. Hey kids, have a great time. Go to yeah. the <laughs> Those are beautifully written lyrics. What is did the what guy those in the are. front row that we talked about earlier, what did he do? He got back in his white van with no windows. Yeah, with, exactly. the <laughs> with, the, with the puppies in the back. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. Went back to his job driving an ice cream truck. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I just want to know, like, I understand some stuff was okay before that is not okay now. Yeah. But uh, like, is that song sound creepy to you? Like, yeah, it's, it's a little pretty bit? creepy. 100%. No. You just got to muffle Valentine's it with Day. your. Do you know who did the lyrics for it? Who? Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Boom. Yep. Um, before we get Jonathan Jevitt, last of all, is this a thing? Is this a thing? That's a thing. I, I didn't eat that one. I ate the other one, but this I saved to show you. I think that Taylor Swift will drop Travis Kelsey like a tummy tuck on a plus size model. Yeah. It's going to drop him like Dick Cheney's hunting partner. Yep. Like acid before going to Woodstock. Right. After the, the barbaric showing at the, not mean, the one where he's yelling yeah. at the coach, afterwards when he was accepting the trophy. When he was doing Beastie Boys. Fight for your right to party, you which know, I, I love that I, song. I was but. in the White House the day after Cheney's little hunting accident. Did you really? And what was what was the word the, on the, the street? Pre the president called him in and said, you know, Dick, there's only one trial lawyer in the whole state of Texas who supports our policies. Why'd you have to go shoot him? Right. Exactly right. So it's funny, he said, he said, you know, Dick, but the guy got shot and said, hey, you know, you Dick, um, you shot me in the back. Yeah. Can I say this? Um, I think that there should be more um, uh, Dan Quayle, Spiro Agnew, Dick Cheney moments in, in our politics now, because all it is is rancor, yeah. you know, and, and you know, and uh, looks like uh, this, and, and there's nothing but arguments. I, I want to go back to the point where we're making fun of them. Yeah. Right? Don't you? Yeah. I mean, you, you, you were being a bedwetting, tie-dye t-shirt wearing, Birkenstock wearing liberal. I mean, it was can perfect you, fodder for SNL. Let's bring those moments back. But, can, but, right. but, can, but can, can people take a punch like that anymore? I mean, you know, I always I used to say when I was dating, I said, if AC can't like me that much, it'd be easy to take a punch. Not literally. Right. Well, they Mary, the man of talking. Right. Yeah, this is, this going back to that, let's. No, but let's, I mean, do you think that we could have that sense of humor again? I think the, the people can take punches. It's then the, the, the far left or far right that want to stand up for the pe person that took the punch, and they take it too far. Okay, Dr. Jonathan Javit, of course, is the, is, is the brain's founder, director, chief scientific officer for NRXP as a stock symbol. It's called NRX Pharmaceuticals. You've been at the highest level of politics, uh, or, or at least advising. Here's my question. At least a fly on the wall. Yeah, yeah but still, though, which or is, president. Isn't, that a great, isn't that a great place to be, right? It is. Yeah. So my question is this, are we to the point now where, because I have to have Fox Business, I'm sorry, Fox and CNN on my car. I don't, there's no Edward Morrow, Murrow. Mm -hmm. There's no Mike, we have 60 minutes? Wallace. There's no Mike Wallace. No, no Walter Cronkite. You know what I hate? 
Right? Oh, oh, that guy. I, there's no that, Andy, yeah. Andy, what's Andy, his name? Yeah. But my Andy? point is, is there a trustworthy, in your mind, um, based on the agenda that's going on in Washington all the time, is there a trustworthy news source where you could just get the facts? Or do we all have, I mean, remember you didn't have to research, you just like sit back and burp and sleep and watch the news and that's what's yeah. happening? Now you have to actually do a modicum of research. What yeah. do you, is it because of the culture there? Yeah, I know we're in a world where you've got to listen to both and interpolate. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm just too lazy for that, so I'm gonna go back to yep. SpongeBob. Yep. Uh, let's talk or you about- just listen to Sully. Yeah, listen to me. Um, I will tell you though why you should care about a devalued dollar. I'll tell you why uh, mm -hmm. minimum wage is a good intention and a bad idea. And I'll also tell you uh, why the Fed Reserve uh, is the biggest scam in the world. You should buy the book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. But let's talk about something really interesting here. And that's what you guys are doing as a biopharma company. You've had a really eventful week this week, just like you did the first week we talked to. I'm just gonna let you take it away here because we've got a couple, you've got a lot of um, irons in the fire here and they're all going in the right direction. Talk about that. So you know, our company started in 2015 around the, the problem that we saw, where there's a $30 billion worldwide market for antidepressant drugs, and every one of those drugs has a warning on the label saying this drug may cause suicide. What was the, what was the one that they used to always, the one, there was always one drug that people, was it Xanax or something? Zoloft. Zoloft. Yeah. Where, 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 remember all those drugs back in the mid-90s that, that, that people were taking? Are, I don't hear about those drugs anymore. Are they still there? That's because they've all gone generic and nobody's promoting them anymore. Okay. Mm -hmm. all right. But they're still widely used. And they all cause suicide because anything that raises a chemical called serotonin in the brain increases the risk of suicidal ideation. So there's a whole new generation coming along, drugs that treat a different switch in the brain, hmm. which happens to be called NMDA, where we know that these drugs can decrease suicidal thoughts within hours. We know that these drugs are potent to antidepressants, but because Big Pharma left the whole psychiatry space when their drugs went generic, nobody's been taking them to the American people. That's really, that's really how our company started. President? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I have questions about the whole thing. And you said that some of those drugs cause suicide ideation. Not some, all. All. And so then you're talking about specifically ketamine now, right? Well, is, well when, I, I, say, mean, you're when I say those now, drugs, we're talking, we were talking about, about Zoloft, Zoloft and that whole yeah. generation. But now you are talking about bringing ketamine to the forefront so people can take that because that can cure suicide ideation. Let's talk, well, let, let, review, let's review talk about the mechanism. Yeah, so yeah. I, talked about, I talked about drugs that affect a switch in the brain called NMDA. Yes. It's really just a pipe that either lets certain kinds of ions into the brain cell or doesn't. And ketamine is like putting a cork in that pipe. It works instantly like mm. that. But it's also like jump-starting your car. If you've got a dead battery, that's a really good way to get back on the road. But if you did that every day, you'd blow up your car's electrical system. So we're also long-term working on an oral drug that you know, instead of putting a cork in that NMDA pipe, it's more like turning a faucet. Uh, it you know, doesn't have the neurotoxicity. It doesn't kill brain cells the way ketamine does long term. It. It's not addictive the way ketamine is long term. It doesn't cause the same level of hallucinations. It doesn't have any of the toxicities that ketamine has. So you know, ketamine can be magic, and I've seen it be magic for people who are acutely suicidal and we now know that it's better than electroshock therapy, which is a horrible treatment, but okay, it's wait. the only thing that works. I have a question, first of all. If somebody has suicidal thoughts, okay, 
I'm not betting on the fact that they're going to go see a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a doctor and say, you know what? I mean, some of them might, but I'm having suicidal thoughts, and I need a pill to prevent these. Now, is that an addressable market, or is, are we talking about people that identify those patients, and we're going to funnel that into that, that so the, market? So the CDC knows that 3.4 million Americans every year make a plan to kill themselves. Our data shows that you know, close to 700,000 people a year show up in hospital emergency rooms with somebody saying they're having suicidal thoughts. Loft 100 Studios, The Big Biz Show, and our affiliates and our hosts are not registered investment advisors or broker dealers. Our show hosts make no commitment that the purchase of securities of companies profiled or otherwise mentioned in our programming are suitable or advisable for any person, or that an investment in such securities will be profitable in general. Given the nature of the company's profile and the lack of an active trading market for the securities, investing is highly speculative and carries a certain high degree of risk. We profile selected publicly traded and privately held companies on our program. Most of these companies that we profile have provided compensation to Loft 100 Studios and its hosts for the profile coverage. From time to time, we sell shares of the companies profiled in the open market that we receive as compensation for coverage of client companies. But never sell stocks if we are speaking about interviewing or covering a public company who has paid compensation. Specific questions on compensation can be obtained by contacting producer at salientgroup.com. Listeners should verify all claims and do their own due diligence before investing in any securities mentioned on this program. Investing in securities is speculative and carries a high degree of risk. We encourage our investors to invest carefully and read the investor information available at the websites on the Securities and Exchange Commission at sec.gov and or the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, FINRA, at www.finra.org. I like it. Hey, is that a rescue plane? Seven hundred thousand people a year show up in hospital emergency rooms with somebody saying they're having suicidal thoughts. No kidding. Yeah, I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, and yet, there's a big gap in between because those people who aren't identified, a num you know, some of some of them make an attempt, survive the attempt, and get to care and some of them succeed and don't get to care. But part of it is because we're not willing to step in you know, and say, are you thinking of harming yourself? You see somebody limping, you're not afraid to say, is your knee hot and swollen or, you know, or is your leg bad? Uh, but you see somebody who's clearly depressed, who's not engaging in you know, the social interactions we have, uh, and we're not, we don't have the courage to say, are you thinking of harming yourself? So if in a perfect arc of the story, Let's say we have a patient, not a patient, let's say we have a person who has uh, suicidal ideation, okay? And you have a drug here called ketamine that can help. And we have a family, friends, community that should identify. How would you like to see, if you could wave a magic wand, how would you like to see that manifest itself so they end up at the pharmacy, or somebody does, with, with yeah. a path to Because uh, right now the path that doesn't work is they take them to a hospital emergency room. You know, talk to the average psychiatrist, the psychiatrist will say, and is honor, and is you know, bound to say by his code of ethics, you need to go to the emergency room. Psychiatrist is not going to hear about a person with suicidal ideation and say, "Come see me in the office." That would be malpractice. Mm. 
So, you know, right now the path is to the emergency room. The emergency room locks you in a room. They got a security guard standing outside the door. Plus you got that three-day thing. With and, and, and then they're looking for a psychiatry hospital bed, and that could be across the next county. It's, it's a nightmare of a scenario. So Sounds you say, like well, sitting on hold for master right, right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, so like it's what, the most inefficient right. model. So what would I like to see? Yes. I'd like to see a model where somebody is identified as being acutely suicidal and immediately goes to a place where we've got a drug that's going to put away those thoughts on the short term and then drugs on the long term that are going to keep those thoughts at bay. So instead of driving Aunt Julie to the hospital, where am I going to drive her so they can have an identifiable? Because I think what we're talking about here is, I mean, there's a straight line here, but currently it goes like this. Yeah. Where would you suggest? I mean, well, not only does it go like this, but it's a dreaded place to go. So, yeah, so do we need to just have better education in our, in our health system with respect to drugs like ketamine? Well, there are a thousand ketamine clinics in the United States today. And if ketamine was, was legal, if it was on label instead of doctors having to use it off label, if we could set up a system of care so that we could both treat a person effectively, but know that if the treatment doesn't work, we've got a way to get them into acute care hospitalization. You told if me- If we could do that properly, we could save easily- Hundreds of hundreds, thousands of lives. Hundreds of thousands. Of you lives. told me a few weeks ago that the Department of Defense has set up ketamine as a standard of care. Why can't everybody do that? Well, the Department of Defense just went ahead and did it. Uh, and they didn't do it yet for acute suicidality. They did it for depression, but they did it ahead of the FDA's labeling. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of things you can do within the Department of Defense that are not necessarily labeled by the FDA because the Department of Defense has a different level of, of authority. But until you can get these drugs on label, until you can show the FDA that you've got safety and efficacy that they can review, uh, and a system of care can be set up. This stuff is not available to the average right. American. It's only available to people who can pay cash. Right. Is that okay. being worked on? Sorry, to mm. add, the FDA approval. Well, we're the only people working on it, as far as I know. So let's talk. Let's mm -hmm. talk about. Let's talk about uh, NRXP. Let's talk about what you guys are doing. Let's talk about the good news here, because we, we've addressed the problem. There's a, obviously it's something that we see, and, and of course, since we're an American Forces Network, we talk about veteran yeah. suicide uh, top line almost every week. Talk about where we're at. What's the what's the what's the latest news? And, and when you say veteran suicide, we're talking about losing 22 veterans every day. No every day? Yeah. Wow. We've lost more veterans and more armed forces personnel to suicide than we have lost to combat in all the wow. wars fought in the history of the Republic. Wow. wow. All right. So talk about the good news on how we're making strides with you guys. What do you guys got going? So we're at a point where we believe we have what's called fileable data, where we've got two well-controlled clinical trials that demonstrate that ketamine is more effective than placebo for acute suicidal ideation and for depression in, in people who are acutely suicidal. And are, we're gearing up to bring that to FDA as an application for new drug approval because right now, ketamine is only approved as an anesthetic. Sure. Uh, now, in order to do that, of course, we need to set up a manufacturer, and FDA won't even look at a new drug until you can prove to them that that drug is, is stable in its container 
uh, for at least nine months. It's, you know, it's kind of inside baseball kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But everybody says, oh, let's just approve this drug because we have a clinical trial that shows that it works. FDA says, okay, now prove that you can manufacture it and it's going to stay st stable on the shelf. Okay, so this is like a deal that comes to me for investment whereby I can see the value in it, but because of what the FDA sort of, the, the roadblocks here, it doesn't have intrinsic value to the market. Why not spin it out into its own company and then use your other assets in NRXP that owns this company? I mean, that's a, that's a license to steal at that point because once this thing hits the starting gate, I mean, it's a game changer. Once all of those impediments are gone, am I accurate about that? Well, I would think of it as a license to save lives and the fact that our investors yeah, but I'm a money guy. Real, but you're the right. fact <laughs> that our investors will do really well in the process. Oh, yeah, you guys save lives? I'm talking about stock. I'm talking about money. <laughs> right. but, 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 it, but it seems to me that you guys have a, a good strategy here going forward. If, 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 if what you're saying, Zach, and we can get rid of the impediments, that's the biggest part of this thing, right? Yeah, and you know, when you say get rid of the impediments, everybody says, FDA. Well, the FDA, yeah, everybody says the FDA is the bad guys. No, they're not. The FDA's got rules. Mm -hmm. And their rules were set up for good reason. I mean, one of the biggest problems we have in the United States is you've got drugs coming from overseas that are poorly manufactured, that sometimes kill people, and the FDA was set up to prevent exactly that. Is so, uh, is you know, we're, we're I don't call those impediments. I call those you know paths to approval that just have to be done right. Is your intention to manufacture in the U.S.? Not only is our intention to manufacture in the U.S., we've identified a high-quality manufacturer uh, in West Columbia, South Carolina. We're doing the chemistry with them. They just passed a two-week-long FDA inspection last week. Yeah, you know, it's not easy Can to you do share this the name? stuff. Are you allowed to share the name yet? Yeah, we, we've said publicly that we're partnered with Nephron Pharmaceuticals in West Columbia, wow. South Carolina. And next time I come see you, I'm going to bring Lou Kennedy with me. Great. Okay, last of all. Um, and I hope to, I, we'd love to have you on every week because we do these longer interviews and it's just, it's fascinating. Uh, you've worked for four presidents. Um, you've worked for big companies, um, universities. Um, why are you, I mean, you're kind of a rock star. What are you doing here in a small cap? I realize you're saving lives, but tell I me, mean, you, you could write your ticket as on the administration. You could go to Harvard. You could cash I've been out to Harvard because <laughs> here's what I'm trying to get to it must be pretty good the future must be pretty bright for a guy like you to be in this building why am I doing this I'm doing this because nobody else will you know President Kennedy said we, we're going to the moon because it's hard and yeah I've worked in big pharma I've never worked on a drug that hasn't already been rejected by the FDA okay I've never worked on a project that you know, somebody said couldn't be done. Mm. And, and you believe in the outcome. Correct? And I believe in the outcome. Yeah. Dr. Jonathan okay. Travis. Yep. NRX Pharmaceuticals, NRXP. We'll see you next week. You're committed. Big Biz Show, we'll see you next time. Research efforts to discover new antibiotics have stalled. In the post-World War II period following Alexander Fleming's breakthrough discovery of penicillin, new antibiotics were discovered and developed at a breathtaking pace. 
The golden age of antibiotic discovery peaked in the 1950s, and during this period, the pharmaceutical industry was the engine of innovation. But then, discoveries started dropping drastically from the 1980s onward, with no new antibiotics being produced in nearly three decades. Government, industry, and medical communities all agree that in the face of this mounting crisis, efforts to revive and improve the likelihood of successful drug discovery is essential. Enter Acurex Pharmaceuticals. They are a biopharmaceutical company focused on developing new antibiotics for difficult-to-treat infections such as MRSA, BRE, and DRSP. We face new threats every day, big and small. Acurex Pharma is on the front lines of health using technology to help us treat tomorrow's infections today. Acurex Pharmaceuticals. Hey, Mike. Big big show. Mike, Mike, let me let me ask you something. What? Can I turn your mic on first? I'm Mike Costa. (laughs) (laughs) Are you still Are you still doing the sideline stuff for NFL? I am. I was in uh, Las Vegas Monday night. (laughs) Packers Raiders. You're welcome. Oh, yeah. Who won that game? Raiders, baby. I'm Mike Costa. Back to you, Mel. Um, there was a great catch and a great pass. Let's go back to you. Robert Goulet, are you, are you on the sideline? The thing? Yeah. And, and, um, and who's doing the play-by-play? Uh, Monday night it was Kevin Harlan and the great Mike Golick. Oh, yeah. Super good guys. Good team. Yeah, very and good the, team. They, so down to, down to Bill Costa on the sideline. <laughs> it's like you're, you're transferring. Yeah. Um, it's very intense down here. Let's go back to you. Do, 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 you, do, the, do you do the isms like... Um, hey, look, we're just trying to get we're trying to do the best we can. Do you, do you do oh, the, no, do you do the, the coach speak? No, no, it's it's and, and, and there's like I also do the Aztecs uh, for oh, San, San, yeah. San Diego State. And, you know, Brady Hoke is one where he's he is not an ism guy. Brady, you know, what happened there in the first half? Well, we stunk. We couldn't block. We couldn't tackle. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What about the second half? Well, we're going to try to do that. Okay. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> so, and he'll run. You know. So how how long is your hit on this? Like when they when they throw to you? Uh, 15, 20 seconds. And it all depends. You have to keep your eye on the the game too because yeah. if, if action is coming back, then you know to yeah. cut it. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about having uh, females on the sideline of the NFL? I, I still say there's not room for him, but uh, I guess the, uh, talking, uh, talking, no, talking, the only reason I'm saying this is she's right here. Are we talking about in the world or just no? <laughs> no, but she she has put me in contact with so many people as far as her contacts in the sporting world. Allison, are you a silent reporter? No, I haven't. She knows all of them, though. but I know them all. Friends, yeah. friendly. I think they're phenomenal, I, and, and in some cases they're so this. much better than guys. Like Laura Oakman, she's yeah. amazing. Yeah. As a father of two girls, okay, yeah, I'm all for girl power. I really am. Yeah. Hey, Good uh, pull. sorry. Hey, uh, Lucas Haldeman is our guest. Uh, he's the CEO of Smartman. We've had him a number of times. I, I'm trying to welcome uh, Allison Scrobot to the program. Um, <laughs> and she, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was Rat Slap. My bigger part. <laughs> whole category of those names. Uh, Lucas is the uh, CEO of Smartman. It is the uh, the definition of um, smart city. Remember the f- mythical 5G? Oh yeah. They've been yes. talking about it for years. He has figured out uh, his company is pretty interesting because. They are saving money in the world of, of smart homes, smart smart uh, uh, condos and apartments. Uh, Lucas, great to see you, man. You've been busy. Hey, great to be back. Thanks for having me on. Hey, so catch us up. Um, the one thing I keep on reading about you guys is that um, if a pile of multifamily homes, a la apartment complexes, were to use your service, we're talking about saving millions and millions of dollars on stupid stuff like gas and electric. And it's all about, 
efficiency, which we don't think about. I mean, yeah. I got I my, I get my uh, AC at 65 all year. I, I don't touch it, but the long story short, I'm probably wasting thousands of dollars. Talk, talk to us about that. Yeah, you are wasting thousands of dollars, and collectively, residents are wasting thousands of dollars unintentionally. And so if you, if you just look at the green side of this, you would say, we have to be doing this. But then you also look at the, the other green, the financial green, and say residents love, hey, they're, sp they're saving $100, $150 a month on their utility bills. And landlords collectively are now improving their ESG scores by putting all that savings together. So really interesting angle of this. Um, I, I love that the platform has so many different facets to it, that it, it, it's good for the residents, it's good for the owners. And I think we're coming into an interesting time now where, where the renter is now demanding more and, and just saying like, what you used to do is, you know, good enough is not good enough. We really need to have a modern living experience. And as we see rents start to soften, that becomes more and more important. Now, Lucas, can you have just one, uh, say, property and, and go to you, or does it take yeah, multiple family. properties? Can I have a, a one-time one thing? And asking for a friend. Asking for a friend, right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great question. No, I mean, that's what I love about this is it, it works if you have one rental home that you want to you want to manage and it works if you have a hundred thousand and that wow. that i love that 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 the, pro, the platform is that comprehensive so we should uh, we should talk after if you have a major credit card i'd be happy to, to take your name and number <laughs> just like that there's a, there's a blue screen up with mastercard <laughs> right. um, lucas is there is there a, a plan because what you just you brought up a point it makes me think the municipalities like yeah. scg &E or uh, uh the other ones, <laughs> the other states. Why would why would municipalities not take take this for granted or take this as, as a as an asset? Because if you could do what you say you can do, every gas meter in the city, every electric box in the city could be controlled by the the, 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 municip the municipality. I, I'm thinking, is that a whole new business model? That that if you look at, it's a great question. Uh, if you look at the commercial side of it, they've been doing this for years. You know, and it, it's it's that last meter, that last mile that that is left. And so, like your your gas company can know where gas is flowing all over the city, but they they don't actually track in real time what's happening in the unit or or if the HVAC is running. And so we actually work a lot with the large utilities. They want to push this, and many times they have rebates. They say, hey we'll give you a free smart thermostat just because it lowers their need for peaker plants and their need to go buy, uh, go buy power on the, on the margin, which, which is the most ineffective way to buy it. So yeah, I think we're, we're starting to see this grassroots come up through the municipalities and through the utility companies as well. Plus municipalities, super hard to say as, as evidence. By <laughs> uh, last of all, before you get out of here, so, so what's next for you guys? You guys are uh, continuing to move the ball down the field. What is your, uh, what's, what's your plans for the next six months? Yeah, we are. I think, uh, you know, what the next frontier that we're solving is bringing high-grade internet to apartment communities. So that's the, the next big thing that we've talked about is community Wi-Fi. So in addition to all the smart devices and all the asset protection, but now ensuring that every resident has, you know, gig speed internet. Uh, it's amazing when we look around this country how many renters are, are not able to have high-speed internet, something many of us as homeowners just absolutely take for granted. And, and now that you go to school at Zoom and you're taking Zoom calls at home, like having three megabit DSL is just not gonna work. We need really, really good internet. It's become uh, the fourth utility in my mind. So that, that's a big push for us uh, in the next six months and beyond. Well, congratulations on your on your success. Lucas, Lucas Haldeman, by the way. Did you catch what you said? You've got mail. You still missed it. You've I got mail. <laughs> you missed it. You totally missed it. I no, I, 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 I heard it twice. I heard it twice. I'm telling my mom. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
James' shirt says, I don't know. My other shirt says, your mom's out. Big Fish Show. We'll see you next time.